Hey everyone, Misaligned is back and we have hit a milestone episode. We are on episode 100 here. It feels like I have been doing this for years and years, but it's only really been a few of those. But I just want to quickly thank all of the listeners for giving our podcast a chance. And without all of you, we obviously would not have done this for 100 episodes. And of course, thank you to Megan for being my co-host. And before we dive into Today's guest and everything, we are still sponsored by 6131 Records, and right now, since it is raining in California here and there, you are going to listen to Wet Leaves by Kindling. I hope you all enjoyed that minute or so of the song there, but right now I'm going to let Megan introduce our very special guest for our 100th episode. On our 100th episode, we have Samantha Matza, and I'm hoping I said that right because usually I say things wrong and I'm very sorry about that, but Sam has her own podcast, the Rebel Hearts podcast, and we will link to where you guys can find that in our page. So you're all good. And Sam is going to talk with us today about Paramore and the Paramore fandom, which has a name, right? The Parafam, I think, is the new one. There we go. (laughs) There we go. I think we recorded an episode and I think we brought that up, but you never know with fandoms and how they're always changing names. They've literally changed like four times, at least in the past like three years. I can't keep up anymore. I just say, you know, Parafriends. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes love this they should love just make it, it parafriends just go with that it's so easy to remember i'm gonna revolutionize it in 2018 after parahoy i think i'm just gonna reclaim the narrative and be like yes parafriends <laughs> not a bad idea actually i'm gonna rebrand the entire fandom watch out you can do it you can do it we believe in you oh, thanks i needed that you got this <laughs> So, Sam, one of the first things we want to discuss, obviously, is how you got into the Paramore fandom, basically, because for some of the artists we've talked about, Megan and I aren't necessarily huge, huge fans of them, with the exception of Beyonce, probably. And I feel like Paramore is certainly a band that Megan and I have both been listening to for quite a while. And even if we aren't officially part of the fandom or anything, this is one that is very familiar to us. We know quite a bit about this band, but what was it for you that really got you into them and made you dive into the fandom? It was really strange, actually, because when I was, um, it was like 2006 and I was looking for Panic at the Disco videos. My favorite song was Camisado at the time. So I was on BuzzNet. And I had found, I was just like, I think I was looking up a live video or something. I was looking up the song 
And Paramore had covered back in the day in like 2005, 2006, their song, Here We Go Again from All We Know Is Falling. At the end, um, on the studio version, Haley would just say, Here We Go Again multiple times at the end for like maybe a minute and a half. But on tour, they were doing like snippets of other songs like they did Avril Lavigne. They did, um, they do the One Arm Scissor by, um, fuck, what's that band's name? <laughs> I totally forgot the band's name. Oh, at the drive-in. At the drive-in. At the drive-in. I just saw a video of them play that song like three days ago anyway so yeah they do that now on tour that's like their go-to but they did do camisado at one point and i found that video and i was like so entranced by the fact that there was a girl in a band and i was just like i need to know everything about this band i need to know everything about their lives i just need to know everything right now so i messaged on aim my friend brooke for some reason i assumed that she had their music and luckily she did and um I told my mom immediately after listening to like three songs, I told her, I need to go to Hot Topic. I need a shirt by this band. Don't ask questions. We just need to go. So I believe like that day, like we went to Hot Topic. I got the shirt. I still have the receipt to this day for whatever reason. I was weird about receipts back in the day <laughs> and I still have it. And I, uh, yeah, that was, that's when my life went downhill real quick <laughs> with Paramore at least. And then um, after that, like I just like put everything into that band for whatever reason and, um, you know, I saw them a bunch that year. Like I was still too young to go by myself. So shout out to my parents for being super cool and, um, uh, meeting them before me <laughs> and all that stuff. Um, but, uh, the live journal community was really big back then. Like, um, about like the end of 2006, almost towards the riot era because the riot era, you know, began around maybe like late 2006 about, um, because it came out in June of 2007 they they had a huge live journal community and that's where fans used to go and talk and that's that's where it all started and I was like 13 at the time and then they had like chat rooms and I met one of my closest friends ever who actually lives like 20 minutes from me we're still like best friends he's like a brother to me like we met in that chat room which shout out to my parents for letting a 13 year old in a chat room but whatever um, so yeah, so it started with live journal. The, the band was super active on it, or at least Haley was. And, um, if you caught it early, she would answer like the first, like half for like a half hour, she would answer comments and all of this stuff. So it really felt like a connection with the band and it was really cool. And it made me feel really like a part of it. And I was only 13 at the time and it just made me feel so comfortable with all these groups of people and um i saw them in 2007 with um my friend kenny who i just spoke about uh that i met in the chat room my friend megan you know it was just a really great year and it just really transitioned really well into adulthood like i never stopped being a part of that community like the live journal community still is so ingrained in me and a lot of people that i've met over the past like year or so are live journal people like uh, my friend kelly i met her at the new jersey show at um what was it uh on the writing the future tour like two years ago i i met her in the new jersey show and she um she told me that her live journal name was kelly conspiracy and i was like oh my god we've totally talked before and it was just really cool to see somebody from that era so yeah so that's how it kind of grew for me at least. And now it's this ginormous conglomerate of people being awesome across the world. And phew, I don't know how that happened. <laughs> like I keep forgetting that in, you know, Fueled by Ramen's heyday, Live Journal was the place to be. Oh my God. Uh, what was it? Um, they had FBR Trash. They had um, Paramore Lost Songs. 
They had Paris Secrets. Um, they had like so many subgroups and it was so funny. Like I know FBR trash was like the thing to go to. Like that was the like buzz, uh, buzzfeed of our time back then. Like FBR trash was what the kids call lit. I feel like I'm one of the few people who didn't have a live journal, but I mean, I I didn't have one either. Okay. So it's not just me. That's good. But I feel like Paramore (laughs) is one of those bands where they're pretty easy to grow up with because their sound has changed so much since the band first started that, you know, they aren't this band you think of when you're like, oh, they're just a band that a bunch of teenage girls listen to. Like when you typically think of boy bands or something like that, you know, they cater to a very specific audience, no matter how old they get. So to have Paramore mature sort of at the same time that we were I think that's what helps make that band stick with us even longer it also helps that like like I said originally they're just super involved like they're probably the most accessible band on the planet like or, or at least Haley is on Twitter um the uh, the other members of the band don't really interact that much on on the internet but she is super accessible like I know some people probably think that it's really hard to like get her attention or talk to her or anything. But as far as like bands go, like she is pretty accessible considering that they're so big, like maybe they're not as big as they were in the riot days, but they're still like a a mega giant. Like they still sell out. Um, I was looking for tickets today and they sold out all the um, general mission floor for Barclays center, which was crazy to me because I thought that there was like a million uh, standing spots. So that's cool. Like they almost sold out MSG and I mean, they're still, they're still relevant. And I think it's really cool that they're still super accessible to their fans. And like, they really do treat us like we're all friends. And I think that's really a big part of why we all feel like we're such a family or a community. And that's why it doesn't really feel like a fandom, you know? Makes sense. Yeah. Have you noticed any changes within the fandom as Paramore has matured though I know we just mentioned you know we kind of matured with the band but as far as the fandom goes because you probably have a very wide range of different types of people in the group is there anything that you particularly have noticed within the fan base are they closer now than they were before or is it something that's sort of been very constant throughout the band's career you know for me like it's it's strange because to me I feel like I grew up with them. Like I feel like when their tastes changed, my taste changed. Like I I said it in my episode for the review of After Laughter. I fucking hate 80s music. Like I apologize to anybody that loves it. It's just not my thing. Like I don't like anything prior to like 99, no joke. Um so when After Laughter came out, um it leaked online and I listened to like the first 15 seconds of every song just to like kind of get myself a taste of what it was going to be like, but I told myself I wouldn't listen to the whole uh record because I, that's just not fair to the band. So I um I listened to a couple seconds of every song and I at first I was like not feeling it. Like Rose Colored Boy, I was so confused about. I was like I I don't think I like this. Idol Worship, I said what is happening here? Um, pool was the only song that I really liked off the top of, you know, right off the bat. So for me, I kind of had to grow with them with that record. And now it's like my favorite record of all time. Like I would die for that record, but it's really funny because I, I said it again in my review episode, like brand new eyes was my favorite Paramore record. It came out in 2009. It came out in a really hard time in my life and everything. And 
I really resonated with a lot of the songs like um, careful is still one of my favorite Paramore songs ever. Nobody will ever, you know, crush that. I mean, I love told you so no friend. Those are, those are top contenders, but careful is like such an amazing song to me. I love misguided ghosts. I have the lyrics tattooed on my body. Like that record was so meaningful to me. And that's an aggressive record. Like the band will even tell you um, on tour too. I went to the Boston show and somebody threw a drink at Haley, which ruined my entire night. Mind you, I'm still pissed about it. But someone threw a drink at her and they finished the song and she she addressed it and she said, don't make me go brand new eyes on you. And she addresses how, you know, that was an angry record. That was, you know, an, an angry time in the band's life and even in her personal life. So to me, I like aggressive music. I like women being aggressive. I like anybody being aggressive. You know, I, I tend to gravitate towards that more because women are not seen as being able to be aggressive or it's not a good thing for women to be aggressive. So I loved Brand New Eyes so much. So um, I wasn't a big self-titled fan. I won't lie to anybody here. It's not my favorite thing. I listened to it on a drive over the summer and it's just not for me. But then after laughter came out and I told a friend of mine, I was like, you know what? I'm at a point with Paramore that like they can do anything. They can do any style and I will always support it. Like I'll always give it a chance. And I'm glad I did because at first, listen, I, I did not like after laughter and I was pretty bummed out. Like I was ready to like move and groove and see them on tour. But I was like, oh, man, I'm not stoked on this record. Like brand new eyes is still like my fave. And then I gave After Laughter like a real chance. And now, like I said, I would do absolutely anything for that record. Like if they ever did a full tour on that, you catch your girl on every date, like empty my bank account right now. So for me, at least, at least with the fans, it's so strange because sometimes I think that people have kind of gotten like, oh, they're too pop. But then there's a lot of other people like my friends that are like, you know, I dig this. Like, I dig anything that they do. Like, Paramore's done every single genre. Like, every single record sounds different. So many people are like, well, I, I want par- I want the old Paramore. And I don't know what old Paramore is because nothing sounds like All We Know Is Falling. Nothing sounds like Riot. Nothing sounds like Brand New Eyes. and Nothing sounds like Self-Titled. And After Laughter maybe sounds the most like Self-Titled. But people were bitching before Self-Titled even came out. So I don't know what old Paramore is. <laughs> Like, I really don't. Like, if anybody listening to this knows what the fuck old Paramore is, like, please at me because I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I love every season of Paramore. Like, I like All We Know Is Falling, but it's not my favorite record. You know, I'm not going to tell anybody like, oh, I'm in I'm this elitist 2000, you know, one fan before the band even formed. You know, All (laughs) We Know Is Falling is the greatest work of art. Like when people jock your favorite weapon by brand new, I swear to God, people only say it because they want to seem elite. Nobody actually likes your favorite weapon. But anyway, brand new is canceled. So that's irrelevant. (laughs) Lots of bands have been canceled lately. (laughs) Yeah, brand new is super canceled, but that's like the best analogy I can come up with because I I can't stand when people jock first records for bands just to seem elite. Like, I I don't tell people all the time, like, I don't wear a badge of honor saying, oh, I'm a 2006 fan for Paramore. Like, please respect my elitism. It's like no one gives a fuck. Like, no one cares that you've been a fan of Paramore since like 1988. Like, nobody cares. It's not a thing. But anyway back to the actual question um I I think that a lot of my friends personally have grown with the band and I don't think that there's been a lot of backlash at least in my circle of friends but I know a lot of people like commented on the hard times video and rose colored boy and fake happy and they're like where's the old paramore it's like oh old paramore we don't know her like who is that (laughs) 
like truly i i have no idea what that means but overall i think that everybody's kind of grown and everybody loves and respects after laughter because it's what it deserves <laughs> see after laughter was one of our favorite records from 2017 like deanna and i both have just sung praises about it but yeah. what you're talking about with like self-titled not being one of your faves and the first record being the first record, you're making a lot of sense. Like I'm in the camp that their self-titled isn't one of my favorites either. And it took a while for it to grow on me, including after like years after its release. So it was like, I was a little late to that one because I did find some gems and, you know, it helped me through a breakup in 2015. No, 2016. There we go. 2016. <laughs> My thing with self-titled is, and I explained it to one of my friends online a couple of days ago, I said, you know, self-titled came out at a time where like life was okay for me. Like 2013 wasn't a bad year for me. It wasn't a bad era of my life. Like I don't hold any attachment to self-titled because it just like Last Hope doesn't do anything for me because I didn't need that song at that time. Like that song doesn't connect with me. And I wrote a blog post about it on my on my website. And it's like, I felt bad for a really long time that I didn't connect to a lot of Paramore songs. And like, even though they're my favorite band, there was, there was a lot of disconnect with me and their songs. Like, just because I enjoyed them doesn't mean that they did anything for me. And it really bummed me the fuck out because everybody's got like these lyrics tattooed on them. They have Last Hope written over their self-harm scars and they have all these incredible stories. And I'm just like, I skip it. You know, and it makes it still kind of makes me feel really shitty because, like I said, this is my favorite band and like I've gone through every season of life with them. I've gone through every era of life with them. And it's just like a lot of their songs didn't really do anything for me. Like I skip the only exception every time I listen to it on Brand New Eyes. I don't really, you know, 26 didn't really save me. I don't cry every time I hear it. I don't cry when I hear Last Hope or When It Rains or any of those songs. And it's just like it's just a really weird feeling when this is your favorite band and everybody feels emotions about these songs and you don't. So when After Laughter came out, I felt so, I felt so relieved because for the first time I felt like I connected to my favorite band and it's because they finally were honest. Like I, like I apologize in advance if this offends anybody in the band or offends anybody in general, but like, I feel like self-titled was such a veneer of a of an era I feel like everything was supposed to be okay and everybody was supposed to push on and nobody wanted to address any any real feelings and then after laughter came down and it's like I want to die like I've wanted to die for like a couple months now for a year now like shit sucks and all of this all of these real emotions like I was anxious depression hit me like all of these real life feelings and especially in 2018 when everybody is feeling the weight of mental illness and everything in between and I felt like for the first time my favorite band was honest I felt like this is the most vulnerable this is the most honest I I just felt like self-titled was just such a pop machine record and I'm sorry again if that's insulting to anybody who made that record it's still it's still a great record but it's like I listen to still into you and ain't it fun and I'm just like you know, Britney Spears could have done these songs and just added more guitars. And like, I love Britney, no respect, no disrespect, no disrespect to Paramore whatsoever. But it's like those songs to me just felt, I know that they say they're genuine and they didn't write them for the radio and they didn't do it for the wrong reasons. But to me, like, that's not like when you listen to After Laughter and you listen to Still Into You, you're like, who is she? Like, who is that? <laughs> like, who, like, who is Still Into You compared to like, I don't know, like Hard Times? It's just like, it's super strange. Like, I just, I, 
I love now from uh, self-titled and it's because it's aggressive. It's gritty. It's like in your face. I mean, the lyrics don't really hold any meaning or weight to me or for me, but I love that song and people slept on it. And it's just like, people always say like, Oh, self-titled. So poppy self-titled is like this pop, you know, monster, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, all right, well, you're sleeping on now. You're sleeping on ankle biters. You're sleeping on last hope and part two. Like, come on. Like that whole record is it future. Like, come on. Future has like a five minute, like total, like jam out, rock your face off on Parahoy two thing. Like, oh my God. Future live is it a fucking experience. It's like seeing Beyonce live. Do people actually see Beyonce live? Like, are people actually in the same room as Beyonce <laughs> and watch her perform? Like, is that a real it thing? It is very much a I real thing. I don't think that's a real thing. It is. That's so strange to me. We actually discussed Beyonce in our last episode of Misaligned, like, with the whole Beyonce fandom and me talking about just seeing her live. And wow, is all I can say. Like, I found out it's crazy. earlier this week that I will be seeing her again this summer. On the Stop. on the run two tour, I'm dead serious. My best friend got us tickets, and I will be going to East Rutherford to wonderful MetLife Stadium to sit in the newsbleed section to be in the same air as Beyonce again. I don't get how that's a thing. That's a thing. I I can't believe people people pay money to be in the same room as Beyonce and actually be in the same room as Beyonce. Like I don't think that that uh, I see pictures of it, but I can't believe that's a real experience. I- you have to like. <laughs> I don't know. I couldn't believe it either. So I'm just like, okay, I'm going to compose myself before August and try not to cry again and, you know, enjoy myself. It'll be fun. But you'll still probably end up crying and enjoying yourself at the same time. So, you know, it's fine. (laughs) Probably both. Probably both. You know, given how I am, my history with concerts, like I'm already expecting to cry on May 1st when I see Andrew McMahon. So we're good there. (laughs) We're good there. You're supposed to cry when you see Andrew McMahon. That's that's the whole thing. Like, if you don't cry, like, hello, are you a robot? Like, how did you get a ticket? Because you have to pass the I'm not a robot test. Exactly. Well, I mean, I saw Caves being performed for one of the first few times he played it live. And, like, I lost it. This was in 2009, <laughs> right before. Oh, that was prime. Yeah. So, you know, he played it and a bunch of girls in the audience were talking and I was just like, how dare you talk through this song? Why would you talk through this song? Do you know what this means? The disrespect. Uh, anyway, <laughs> moving on with our questions here. Next up, we got a double header here for you. Yes. What are some of the Love most it. rewarding things about being in a fandom? And on the flip side, the negatives about that. Oh, my God. Are you ready for this novel that I'm just going to spew out right now? Because I got a lot to say. I hope you guys got time. We got time. (laughs) Well, one of the most rewarding things about being in the fandom, like I said, since before Riot came out, I was in the live journal thing. It was it was super cool to me because I didn't have a lot of friends, you know, so meeting people through those chat rooms and through AIM was just like really nice, especially for someone who was 13 and having a rough time and being bullied a lot and just everything sucks. And I just discovered this new band with this female who's crushing it and I, I loved everything about it. It was a great time in my life, you know. I would never want to be 13 again, but 
hey, that was that was a good time. So the Paramore community has really been a big thing that's been keeping me going. You know, I, I say it all the time, but I struggle a lot with anxiety and a lot of self-hatred and a lot of self-doubt. And the people I've met through the mutual love for this band has been more than rewarding. It's actually been super life-changing. It's, it, it's not anything that I've ever could have imagined through a band, you know? So... I live within an hour, uh, less than an hour actually from NYC. And for my entire life, I refuse to drive in the city because anxiety, people are awful. The city is terrible. I don't know how people live there. Like They don't have good garbage for you. cans in New York City, like on the street They corners. don't. Why? That's one of my biggest problems because with that city. Because we're trash. We elected Donald Trump. We are fucking trash humans. Like, oh my God, NYC, what are you doing? I can't. But anyway, so I live like less than an hour outside of NYC and um, tour two came around, which was the tour I went to in October. And my friend Meg, who I actually never met before, but I talked to online, you know, talk about stranger danger. But my friend Meg, she lives upstate in Clifton, uh, around Clifton Park, and she's about four and a half, maybe five hours away from me. And she wanted to go to the Boston date with me because, you know, I said, fuck it. I'm going to go to five dates on this tour because I am trash and Paramore take all my money. So she wanted to go to Boston with me. And who am I to tell anybody that wants to go to a, a different state with me? No. So... I never met her prior to that day and I even slept at her house and as a kid I never had sleepovers because in the middle of the night I would freak out tell my mom she has to come get me at like 2 a.m. and I I just did this I just one day I took my boyfriend's car drove all the way up to Clifton Park spent the day with her slept at her house and drove home the next day and it's something that I never would have done like last year you know or like you know 2016 And actually, funny enough, I just met this girl, Courtney, who actually lives like 15 minutes from me. And (laughs) we decided randomly that we're going to go to Nashville to see um, the drummer and Paramore, uh, Zach, his band Half Noise. We're going to Nashville together because, you know, I met her once and apparently it was that incredible that I'm like, ah, yeah, let's go all the way to Nashville together because, you know, what the hell? So... I owe the people that I've met through Paramore over the last year everything. They've helped me get over so many fears and anxieties. And they encourage me every every single day. Like every time that I post even like the most like even if I say that I'm like not feeling great. Everybody's always sending me gifs and memes and everybody's just always cheering me on. And it's just like I've never felt that in my life. And it's just like. It's really, really something else. Like I, if people aren't in a community like that, I highly encourage to find one because it's, it's nothing but love and amazingness. And I mean, these people encourage me to write this heartfelt letter to get on stage for misery business and continue doing my podcast. And I just really owe everything to the community. So it's been nothing but, you know, the last year at least has been nothing but incredible experiences. Like I never would have met anybody um, or done anything like I probably wouldn't even be on this podcast right now if it wasn't for the people in the Paramore community because you know they they helped put me in the spotlight like you know not really the spotlight but they helped like highlight me and like show show me off to people that I never would have gotten the attention by any other way so I I love the Paramore community at least you know the people that I interact with but like you guys said with every positive comes a negative and I hate talking about the negative. It bums me out. But 
it 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 really does. It it sucks that even though the community is filled with people I would do anything for, there are people who absolutely tarnish it and it's super sad and it's such a crappy feeling. There's been so much that's happened over the course of just you guys approaching me about doing this episode, which was like what 3 months ago, not even. And but uh, <sighs> Overall, my biggest thing is when people attack the band because they feel they're owed something. And it happens all of the time. People will attack Haley on Twitter for their own personal ridiculous reasons. People take offense at certain things that aren't meant to be taken offense to. There was a lot of backlash online for idol worship when After Laughter like leaked online. And people were saying stuff like, wow, can't wait to hear Haley drag the entire fan base one day at or on Parahoy. And I was like, what? And I was so salty about it because I was like, first of all, if the shoe fits, wear it. If you're taking that song personally, it's probably because you've done something to warrant it. And if you think it's attacking you, maybe it is. And it's just, I love Idol Worship. I think it's a great song. And I definitely think that it needs to be written. I definitely think that if it... It was written for a reason. Like Haley's probably felt a lot of those feelings for a long time and finally saying something about it. And you know what? They've performed it live and it's been amazing. And I can't wait to hear it on Parahoy because it's just, it, it needed to be said. Like they're, they're a band. They're allowed to say how they're feeling and they're allowed to do stuff that doesn't need to be covered up. You know, they're human beings, like let them feel stuff. And, you know, she says a lot of honest things in those lyrics. And if people take a personal offense to it, then that's your problem. That's not the band's problem. That's not Haley's problem. It, it's just, it's really not. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, people just it really invade their privacy. And it just makes me really uncomfortable. I mean, anybody inv- invading anybody's personal space or privacy really bums me out and makes me uncomfortable. But like I said, Paramore has been such a band that I've been super close to and like I've gone through every season of life with and I feel like so emotionally connected to every single member of that band that I take it personally when somebody invades their privacy because it's like almost as if somebody's prying into your friend's diary or somebody's trying to get information from your friend or find their address or like something weird like that and it's just there's people that have gone to Haley's house before somebody posted the details of Taylor's house online you know all of these things that you know uh, somebody that I've known you know over the past couple years has like brought to the band's attention and luckily it's all been taken down and taken care of but it's just like I don't get where people feel entitled to someone else's privacy it just doesn't make any sense to me. And it's just like Paramore has been getting a lot of comments on Twitter that are really ridiculous. Even Haley sometimes takes comments off or she disables comments on her personal Twitter because people are just nasty and they're nasty for no reason. And I think that they're nasty because they think that they can get to these people or that they think that them getting a rise out of them is going to make them famous or elite or whatever. Like, oh, I made Haley Williams from Paramore mad. So I'm cool now. It's always these people with like fake accounts or locked accounts. It's always locked accounts. And I'm like, how much of a coward are these people that they can't even man up and have their own their own identity? Like if you're going to be an asshole, at least, you know, put your face to it, you know, and it's always somebody with a private account. And I'm just so sick of people berating this band, berating Haley and berating just anybody in general. Like, why are we doing this? Like, why? And it's just... You can't call yourself a fan and also pry into somebody's personal life. You can't call yourself a fan and go to somebody's house. Like people have gone to Haley's house before. 
and it's like first of all why are you looking up where she lives right second of all why are you going there <laughs> and third of all like so like people act like these two girls i don't know what year it was but it was like a couple years ago two girls like went inside her house like her old house where she used to live and i'm like what like i don't even go to my grandparents house without knocking on the door like how are you going to some random girl's house because you saw her on a cover of a of a magazine, you think that you're entitled to go into her house? Like, what is that? Yeah, there, what is that? there's definitely people who claim to be fans and then take things way further than any fan should. So it's always a weird situation when that happens. And there's also always a concern for the artists that they're doing this to. And I know... Megan has a few more questions for you here, as do I. So before we dive into that, though, Megan, can you tell us all a little bit more about 6131 Records? Yes. This season of Misaligned has been sponsored by 6131 Records. Home to Sammy Lanzetta, Thunder Dreamer, The Winter Passing, and where Julian Baker got her start. Right now... Many of the 6131 bands have been performing at South by Southwest. So if you caught them there, that's great. I know Thunder Dreamer was out there and haven't checked them out yet. Go check them out. And it was just announced that Sammy Lanzetta will be playing at the Stoop Fest on April 21st. Speedy Ortiz is headlining that and Sammy will be performing along other artists like Typesetter, Mover Shaker... Those are the only two that I really know from this list besides Speedy Ortiz. So check that out if you... I don't even know where this is. So check that out if you know where Stoopfest is. And 6131 is doing awesome and great things. Their 2018 roster is just killing it right now. So thank you to our friends at 6131 for sponsoring us. And if you're shopping online with them, don't forget to use MV10 to take 10% off your next order on apparel and releases. If you ordered before, you can't use that code again. I'm sorry. But if you go to shop.6131records.com, you can pick up sweet merch, some sweet pins, and check out their awesome distro section from records that are from labels that aren't theirs. Yeah, definitely go check them out. And before Megan asks another question here, I just want to go back briefly and say that along the lines of fans taking things too far, I feel like people think they're entitled to things that they aren't just because they like a band. And that's when fandoms can sort of get a, a little dangerous for everyone involved because you never know just how far they're going to take it. Like, what would those girls have done had someone been home when they were just like going in this person's house? And it's something that can get out of hand very quickly. And I'm obviously very glad, Sam, that you brought that up. And that's something we are all definitely in agreement on. Well, it's funny because I just did an episode on uh, on my podcast with my friend Pat, who comes on pretty regularly. And we were talking about Lana Del Rey almost being kidnapped. And we were also talking about Christina Grimmie getting shot and all of that and how fan I I literally like on Monday, I literally had the same conversation. And it's it's super scary. It scares the living crap out of me that um, that that stuff happens. And I'm like, there's no there's nothing stopping it either. Like Christina Grimmy was literally shot point blank because some guy was able to bring a gun into a venue, but we can't bring a water bottle to a show. Right. It's like, what, what is that? And it's just, 
Oh my gosh. But also speaking of six, one, three, one, I actually featured the winter passing on one of my episodes in, um, on the podcast. So I am a big fan of the winter passing. So everybody should check them out. And I'm a big fan of six, one, three, one records because I have a bunch of their records and I have a bunch of their stickers that come with it. So I am a six, one, three, one fan. You're not an ultimate 6131 fan until you get their jumbo-sized 6131 sticker that is a dang it comically large. I mean, it's it's probably the largest sticker I have ever owned in my life and I still don't know what to do with it because it is just so big. It's like half a book size, honestly. You should do a Mean Girls and you should cut it up and just like throw it out to people and be like, and a piece for you, and a piece for you. You should do that. Oh, I should have done that their soft opening a few weeks ago. I might have a sticker bigger than that, but that is besides the point. I think it was a fearless sticker from when I was interning there. They had just had these like gigantic stickers. It literally might have been almost a foot by a foot. It was ridiculous. Oh it's just God. a giant square. But Too much. Too much. <laughs> But aside from this little tangent here, Megan, I know you have a couple more questions for Sam. Well, it's not misaligned without a tangent, honestly. <laughs> it really isn't. It really <laughs> is not. <laughs> but going into our discussion before the ad read, what's really the difference between a casual fan, a fanatic fan, and just the pair of family itself, as you call it? All right. There's there's a couple of differences, um, the three categories, if you will. I'm not sure if this is the same in every fan base or if it's just, you know, the Paramore one, but oh my gosh, you have your casual fan and that's basically like my boyfriend who loves a few songs, will go see them if asked or someone has a spare ticket, will drive his girlfriend to many states and see them because she buys excess amounts of tickets for no reason because, you know, I'm trash, doesn't really care much about the drama, gossip, or even pays much more attention to when they release anything. They're just like, Paramore has new music. That's cool. I mean, this is super broad, too, to be totally honest. But basically, the casual fan likes them, but not enough where they're, like, super invested in them. Like, we all have those bands where we're just like, oh, yeah, that that band released music. That's cool. Maybe I'll check it out. Or, you know, oh, if they're playing around, maybe maybe I'll go see them. You know, I have tons of bands that, I, you know, I'll... I'll see that they're coming to NYC and I'm like, oh, maybe I'll go check them out. There's been so many times where that's happened and it's just like I don't get involved in their communities or their fan bases or anything. I'm just like, yeah, I'll, I'll go check them out. So that's really my casual fan, if you will. Now, my fanatic fan scares the living crap out of me. I saw a Paramore show in 2008 on the final, final Riot Tour. I actually went to two dates. I had a meet and greet for both of them because, you know, hashtag blessed. And after the meet and greet at Central Park, we were waiting for a paper route to come on because they were the opener for that tour. And there were these girls I went to high school with who were never really that nice to me. And they were like crying hysterically, like legitimate hysterics. And they were screaming, Haley, we love you. Oh, my God, please pay attention to us, please. Oh, my God, we love you. Why won't you look at us? Oh, my God, we're your biggest fans. And they were literally like hysterically crying the entire time. Like that, that impression was absolutely terrible because they were like in hysterics. I don't even know if anything that they were saying was audible. But I remember my mom, she just goes, you guys need to calm down. She's a person and you're probably scaring her. <laughs> and like, mind you, the entire band was probably about 50 feet away behind a very small chain link fence. So the fanatic fan sees them as celebrities. And with that, they feel entitled and they feel as though they can pry into their personal lives. You know, there's this one blog that I check that's run by one of my friends and she's not the problematic one, but she she has this blog and I check it here and there because sometimes I end up being talked about on there for whatever reason. You know, I, I have no idea why. And literally, 
it's just a never ending list of anonymous people who just think the weirdest and creepiest stuff ever. Like if you, if you ever saw it, you'd be like, what is happening here? Like, I don't even think my friend that runs it knows what's happening 90% of the time. She just like doesn't even react at this point, but people, people that are fanatic fans, they will analyze the wallpaper of a photo and try to guess, or sometimes they even know for some reason whose house it is. Like, they'll be like, oh, that's not Taylor's kitchen. He has a black and gray tile. It must be Zach's. Or, oh, maybe it's Justin's. You know, I saw a glimpse of, like, you know, his his molding once, and that's not white. That's off-white. Oh, it, it can't be can't be the Yorks. It's, it's clearly ta- Taylor's mom or something, or, like, some crazy cockamamie nonsense like that. And they just get way too invested in these strangers because, at the end of the day, they are strangers to all of us. And it's just, like that's what you get when you're famous. And I'm also on the end and I'm like, no, that's not what you get when you're quote unquote famous. I mean, I say it all the time and I truly believe in this, that fame is a social construct that we created and we just need to destroy it. It just doesn't make any sense. It's just our way of prying into people who we admire's lives and just not having a single care in the world about, you know, being empathetic or anything towards it. We're just like, oh, they're famous. So, you know, we can we can invest in how much, you know, we know about the cereal that they had yesterday or, you know, we can go to their houses because that's what famous people are for. You know, they're here for our amusement. And it's like, no, that's not how that works. And, you know, I used to be starstruck, too. Don't get me wrong. I was a 13 year old girl. I cried when I first met them. You know, there's a bunch of pictures that my mom took. I, you know, I'm red faced the entire time I posted a throwback photo today. You know, you see the evolution of me crying and it's, it's, it's beautiful. But over time, this new era of the band, I see them all as friends. And no, I'm not saying that me and any member of Paramore are going to hang out or text or, you know, we're going to, we're going to do anything. But it's just that, you know, even though they probably don't know me or my name or anything, they're familiar faces. They're like friends that live far away that I grew up with and see a few times a year. And we say hey every now and then. That's kind of what it is, even though I don't say hey to them every now and then. But it's kind of like if I wanted to, I feel like that's a familiar territory and I feel like they wouldn't look at me strange. I feel like it would just kind of be like, hey, what's up? And it just makes me sad whenever I see someone attack them personally. And like I said, especially Haley, because she is honestly the most accessible member of the band. The other ones kind of stay away from the online nonsense and don't really interact. But I'm honestly just really glad that she's finally opening her mouth, opening her mouth and standing up for her and her friends, because it's about time that she, you know, stands up for what she believes in and doesn't give a crap about what anybody says. So that's really the fanatic fan is just basically, you know, the creepy fan they they are not normal whatsoever (laughs) but anyway (laughs) the the fanatic fans are trouble stay away from them but there are normal fans (laughs) you know there are the normal passionate fans the community fan is up to date they know everything that's happening they have fan accounts they interact with the band they run social media accounts on facebook and instagram they're respectful they're supportive And really the community is just a giant family, like I mentioned earlier. And I'm friends with so many people that I've never met. We all retweet each other's stuff, though, support each other, buy each other's art, listen to each other's music and podcasts. In in my case, nobody else has a podcast that I know of. The real heart of the community is just friendship and love and support. And it's just amazing. It's just sharing your friend's art that they worked so hard on and telling them to keep going. It's wearing a t-shirt with your friend's band on it. It's buying a pin if you have the money. And I know a lot of people who say that the community is trash and all the fans are just shit. But I think 
because they they've met a fanatic fan or the wrong type of community member and there's just a certain type of person the community fan is they're a normal music fan who loves and supports their friends in the band yeah we tweet memes and try to get the band's attention every now and then but it's never to be better than anyone or anything more than just interacting with our friends and again i use the word friend meaning they're familiar faces that they're easy to connect to because they make themselves approachable i'm not saying that you know i'm kicking it with anybody in paramore but it's like they are they are friends in a sense where they're not complete strangers to any of us really you know a lot of my friends you know they interact with members of the band online or when they go to shows they get recognized it's like oh hey you I knew you were coming or I hoped that you were coming it's just it feels really nice and you know I know Haley does her best at shows to like point people out that she knows or wave or she goes the extra mile to let everybody know like hey this is your safe space we're all friends here this is a family she used to say on tour all the time like this is our family welcome you're never getting out you're never leaving and I think it's true like if you're really into being a part of the community the community will accept you as long as you're not bringing in hate because i know sometimes a lot of people that you'll ask they'll be like oh the paramore community they're trash you know all those people are fake all of them just want the band's attention all of them are this that and the other thing but like all the people that i i know on twitter they're all like genuinely great people i have three zines for my podcast just filled with their art and their poems and their ever loving support for each other. It's just, it makes me want to sob all the time because it's just amazing. Like I spent my last $20 last, last, um, not last week, but yesterday I had $20 to my name until today. And I spent it on my friend's art because I loved it. And I believe in what she's doing. And I even did a collaboration with her on like eight different things. And it's just, that's what the community is about. And I think that's any community in general I think that's community in life you know you have to support your friends if you don't support your friends what are you doing you know and it's not about monetary things it's not about buying something from your friend it's sharing something like retweet your friend don't just like it retweet it support it show your love I I I said it when I first started my podcast I used to get really really angry because people would like it like hit like but they would never retweet it or they would never share it on Facebook and I'm like a like doesn't do anything (laughs) and I love I love that you're showing that you like it like thank you for liking what I'm doing but can you share it because I'm the only person that sees that you like it like thanks I really appreciate it but could you share it because you have like 20,000 people that I don't know that you could share it to. And I'm paying for advertising when you could just share a link. Save me the $10. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, those are the three types of fans. Those are three very broad people. But the fanatic fan, just stay away from. I don't think there's a reason for anyone to know who any celebrity's kitchen is like. Unless they're like Giada De Laurentiis or even Guy Fieri, honestly. I don't even I don't even know what either of those kitchens look like, let alone <laughs> the member of Paramore. Like I like I know what Haley's floor looks like because she was like on three different versions of cribs and because she's like done a house tour multiple times. That's the only reason why I know what her floor looks like. But for anybody to know what Taylor York, the guitar player in Paramore's fucking kitchen looks like, like that's absurd. The man doesn't even tweet. How do you know that? It's Please so don't know creepy. That. Like that's canceled. Ugh. Please don't be creepy people. Celebrities and musicians and everyone you love are people too, and there's really no excuse to act like this. We are mature people who shouldn't be acting like creepy stalkers. So in the future, just don't do this, my god. Seriously. But anyway, let's uh, talk Parahoy now. (laughs) Go from like crazy fans to the awesome tour. 
on a boat. I know <laughs> several of my friends will be attending Parahoy this year, and you're attending. So how long have you been going on the Parahoy tour? So <laughs> I went on Parahoy 2, and I'm going on the third one, as, as you said. And to be totally honest with you guys... I thought it was a joke when it when I first got the email about the first cruise and I legitimately said LOL. I said LOL in real life. <laughs> Who would go to that? <laughs> I literally I Paramore is my favorite band, like absolute favorite band and I said in in real life audibly, LOL, who would go to that? <laughs> and then not audibly, I said to myself, LOL, I was the asshole who was mad that I missed it. <laughs> But also, like, at the time of Parahoy 1, I didn't have the money to go, so it really wouldn't have mattered. And it was really cool because they had Tegan and Sarah. They had Me Without You. Um, they had uh, they had other bands that I wasn't um, into back then. Uh, the, oh, um, shiny, shiny, shiny Toy Guns played, who I used to be a really big fan of back when I was really, really emo. Now I'm just emo light, and I just cry all the time, but less mascara. Um so I loved shiny toy guns back in the day, but Parahoy one was awesome. Like my boyfriend says all the time, like, oh, I would have went to that one. I was like, well, we went to the second one and it was pretty much the same thing. Um, Cause me without you was the only band that he cared about that was playing. So I'm like me without you plays every Parahoy. It's like a tradition. If they're not going, it's not Parahoy. It's basically me without you hoy. Like, come on. Or, or doodle Bob me hoy ni oiny. I had to make that joke. I'm sorry. I had to make the doodle Bob joke. It, it was like right there. Whenever I he- see the word hoy, I just think moiny oiny oiny. So I apologize in advance to anybody that's listening because now they're just going to think that I'm ridiculous. But anyway, imagine telling somebody that you're going on a sold out boat. <laughs> like how does a boat sell out like there's been so many times where people are like what's parahoy i was like oh it's you know it's a cruise that paramore does shows on and they're like what what and i'm like yeah it's sold out and they're like how does that sell out and i was like i don't know but it did twice and it was just like i felt so bad the second one the first the first one um didn't really quote unquote sell out. They were trying to like upgrade people and they were trying to get people interested in it. Like I said, people like me that probably thought it was a joke or didn't know what was going on or realized that, Oh my God, you know, this cruises are expensive because I didn't know that. Um, but people that didn't go on the first one probably were going to save up for the second one because they were like, Oh, please let there be a second one. So the, uh, the first one didn't sell out, but the second one did. And it was funny. Well, not really funny. I was actually pretty <laughs> sad for the band, but it was funny because the the second one did sell out on like surprise to everybody and the the prize to people that booked during the pre-sale was you got to meet the band and take a picture now everybody booked during the pre-sale like it sold out in the pre-sale so every single person all 2500 people on that boat got to meet and take a picture with the band and like <laughs> Oh my God, what a, what a terrible idea. And I feel so, to this day, I feel so bad for them. Like they were such sports about it. They were such troopers, like bless this band. Like they spent three days or two or three days, like all day, just like smiling for these photos. And like, it was literally five seconds. You got, you got to say hi. I barely got to say hi. By the time that I said hi to Taylor, he already was like arm around my boyfriend, ready to take this photo. And I was like hugging him from the side and like I kind of got in his armpit and it was just really awkward. I was like, hey, Taylor. And he wasn't even looking at me. He's like, hey, what's up? And I was like, oh, this is awkward. <laughs> and I remember just standing. I remember standing there. My boyfriend goes 
goes past Haley to go over to like stand next to Taylor and I'm standing there just like not doing anything. And I didn't really want to, I'm not going to lie. I didn't want to hug them. I'm not a hugger. I don't like hugs and everybody else was hugging them. So I felt really weird if I didn't hug them. So I remember I went up and I stood in front of Haley and I didn't do anything. And then I hugged her and then I stood there again and then she's like, do you want to go in the middle? And I was like, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that that was the experience of the meet, the quote unquote meet and greet on that cruise. And, you know, I could have lived without it, to be honest. And I know that that's crappy to say, but I've met them before and I felt really bad for them. It's just people because it wasn't really a great experience. Like overall, like I've been to Paramore meet and greets where we used to play foosball with them and we got like an hour and a half to hang out with them. And they signed a bunch of stuff and we had time to hang out. Like there's so many times, there's so many memories that I have of like hanging out with them. Like Haley um, made a apples to apples card for me. I had her sign it and I had her make like an actual card. Um, they signed my hot topic, um, name tag when I work there like they signed my yearbook one year like uh, just a bunch of cool stuff and like we actually got to hang out and like talk to them so this was kind of like all right here's your photo bye I just felt really bad for them because like they're humans they're not robots you know and it's just it it bummed me out but it was kind of funny because they're like, oh, if you book in the pre-sale, you get to meet them. Well, joke's on them because everybody booked during the pre-sale. So Parahoy was a really weird experience. It was great. Like, obviously, I'm going again. So I like Parahoy because it's probably the only chance I'm going to see friends from across the world and get to meet them and hang out. It's so special to be with somebody who lives in Germany when you live in the U S like I'm seeing my two friends who live in Canada and Scotland performed a show the day before. And it's just something I never would have experienced had Parahoy not existed. Um, it's just, I, all of my friends go like all of all of my friends from around the world, or at least like 98% of them. My friend Kate's not going and I'm super bummed. That's why I'm trying to travel all the way to Toronto for her, but it's not working out because none of my friends have money. <laughs> but anyway, that's irrelevant. Um, I, I like the idea of Parahoy because it goes back to the community that Paramore, you know, has it without, without the community, Parahoy wouldn't exist because people wouldn't go. And it's just such a nice it's such a nice time. Like I didn't know anybody on Parahoy too. Like I just hung out with my boyfriend and, you know, just was antisocial and didn't do anything. So I'm hoping that this year is different. Like there's so many people that I want to hang out with. There's so many people I want to meet and it's just people that I'm never going to see until, you know, one of us moves or, you know, I decide to win the lottery. Well, I can't decide to win the lottery, but if I ever win the lottery and I go cross country and meet everybody, so I think Parahoy uh, is a really special experience that no other band does. I mean, Kiss does it, but Kiss is Kiss. <laughs> totally different <laughs> fan base there. Oh, I don't. Does Kiss even have a fan base? I thought it was just people that you know love to stick, stick their stick tongues their out and say yes. <laughs> Kiss scares the crap out of me. Like as people, as a fan base, like as everything. Well, I mean, if we're talking about shows on boats sister hazel has the rock boat what is that um i i think actually one of my friends here played on it one year he plays in a band called melodyme and i think it was last year that they played but the 2019 lineup was announced and andrew mcmahon in the wilderness and matt nathanson are the headliners and they're also going to feature the plain white tees atlas genius 
those are the other bands that I know in this lineup. <laughs> <laughs> but it's on, it's like, Sailing from Tampa to Key West in uh, the Bahamas from February 1st through the 6th in 2019. So it's like, this is becoming a thing. Like, the Warped Cruise is a thing. Like, the Throwback Cruise. It's so weird. Kid Rock has a cruise. Um, 311 has a cruise. And I... Really? Yes. Yes. I know someone who went on the 311 cruise last year. Wild. Yes. Uh. <laughs> interesting interesting uh trip there (laughs) so you know there's that it's so weird like i i never would have thought uh because i went for the first time well i think the first one was 2014 i never would have imagined as a 13 year old kid listening to paramore that in 2014 they would have their own cruise and like uh they they do a q a on every cruise and the q a last paraguay somebody had asked um how did this even happen? And the answer, I, th- I think Haley answered it. She was like, you know, we were saying no to everything back in the day. And I have a conspiracy theory about um, this. I have a conspiracy theory that when they were saying no to everything, that they were asked to play SNL and they said no. That's my conspiracy theory. Um, anyway, so... I um so she so she's like oh we were saying no to everything and then all of a sudden people um their manager was like you want to do a cruise and we're like what so the the way that they were talking about doing a cruise was just as funny to me as me finding out that they were doing a cruise and I will never forget getting that email I remember I I don't remember where I was but I remember seeing it and I was like what is this like who made this what is, a cruise what Tegan and Sarah there what me without you I mean, that's cool, but what? And I didn't really look further into it. And then my friend Kenny ended up going and I was like, oh, you would. <laughs> and then now I'm going on the second one. Well, the sec- my second one, but the third Parahoy. So at- <laughs> I still think that that's crazy. They have their own cruise. They've made it, man. That's how you know you've made it. <laughs> you have your own cruise. True. Oh my gosh, there's a belly flop competition on the Parahoy. Oh my god. What? You I hi, I highly recommend go on YouTube and find the belly flop contest from last year and scroll to the end because there was a girl in a Teletubby costume and she got robbed. Amazing. She dressed as Tinky Winky and she belly flopped her heart out and she lost and I'm salty. Amazing. Chloe, you know who you are. You deserve better. That is certainly <laughs> oh going in the show gosh. notes absolutely going in the show notes so everyone else can watch it too this is amazing oh it's amazing and this year's lineup is really cool too like i see that they're doing the whole comedian thing that's becoming popular like i think there was a comedian on the 311 tour or cruise but if we go to the actual lineup like there's local natives judah and the lion my favorite now now actually judah and the lion are just going to be all over the place in april it looks like because like four days four or five days of parahoy they're there and then i know later in the month they'll be at penn state performing at the move it on festival which is headlined by logic this year logic yes so it looks like it'll be a lot of fun and of course me without you is doing this like this is what this was my dream lineup like legit i i remember because every year we have this um parahoy cruisers um facebook group that um that six men who runs the um the cruise line that they make and um and they monitor and everything and every year they ask for suggestions and every every year around the lineup like when they announce it 
people like pay really close attention to who Haley pays attention to on Twitter. Like who, like if Haley likes a band on Instagram or Twitter or anything, people like, Oh, confirmed they're on Parahoy. People thought that no doubt was coming on Parahoy. People thought like a green day was coming. People thought like the most ridiculous people were coming, like bands that don't even exist anymore. They're like Blondie for Parahoy. Like that's not happening. But anyway, so the funny, the funny part that I'm getting to is that Local Natives is one of my favorite bands in the entire world. Like, Gorilla Manor is one of my favorite records ever made. Top five for sure. Like, Sun Hands is my favorite song probably ever. That's not true, but I top five. So I love Local Natives. I've been a fan of them for a really long time. They were put on a mixed CD by a friend of mine who had better taste in music than I did back in the day. And um, such a fan of them. And I remember I tweeted, this was like a couple of months before... Um, the lineup was announced. Haley had posted that her and I think, I think everybody else in the band or maybe just her and Taylor went to see local natives. And I flipped out because I think they were playing wide eyes. And I was like, yes, love local natives, my favorite. And I was going crazy. So then like three days later, or maybe even that night, I was like, gorilla manor is the best record ever made. Local natives is underappreciated or something. And Haley liked it. So then I went on my Facebook group because, of course, I have a Facebook group. Um, it's called Paramore Marketplace. We sell a lot of organs and, you know, for concert tickets. So if you guys want to sell a <laughs> kidney for a Paramore ticket, hit me up. Anyway, so I posted. I was like, listen, I'm not one of those people that think that, you know, everything that Haley breeds next to is going to play on Parahoy. But I will die if local natives is on Parahoy. <laughs> so... That was the that was local natives, and then now now has been a band that I've loved for a really long time, um, and I saw them on tour and everything, and I'm such a fan, and I was like, yes, now now for for Parahoy, like I was becoming one of those people that like wants every band that I listen to for Parahoy, and then I was like, if me, if, and then me and my uh, two friends in the UK started tweeting at me without you saying, if me without you is not going, we're canceling Parahoy. I was like, I'll pack their bags for them. I will do this. Like we were all going back and forth. Me without you liking all these tweets. And I was like, oh no, we're just going to scare them. They're not going to come. So, um, so when the lineup was announced, I screamed. I was at work. I called my boyfriend and I said, guess who's going on Parahoy? And he's like, I don't know. And I was like, you got to guess. So he's like, I, I really don't know. Tell me. And I was like, everybody that we've ever cared about ever. <laughs> so... The Paraguay lineup is my dream lineup and I'm going to cry every single day. And if they do anything at the same time, I'm canceling Paraguay. Like if me without you plays at the same time as now, now that's canceled. That's not happening. Like nobody better conflict because I will lose my mind because I better see every single set that these bands play or I will literally throw myself off the boat. (laughs) If I put that on Twitter, I'm going to get banned, but I can say that here. This is a safe space. Oh, right. Yes. Because of their new uh, privacy policy or whatever, which is really dumb. It's a joke. It's literally a joke. Twitter, just bad. Twitter's canceled. We're canceling Twitter, too. (laughs) Parahoy's canceled. Twitter's canceled. Oh, my gosh. I'm really excited. Here's why I'm excited that Me Without You is playing Par- uh, is going to be on Parahoy. And anybody who is listening to this knows me will know what I'm about to say. And it's because my favorite song right now that exists is No Friend by Paramore. Like, I, I, that, I'm the number one No Friend stan. Nobody can take that away from me. And 
Aaron Weiss, the singer of Me Without You, is the singer on No Friend. And they're going to perform that on Parahoy. And you can catch me screaming and probably sobbing to myself and then dying afterwards because that's the only thing I've ever wanted in my life is to hear that song perform live. Like I tell my boyfriend, if he doesn't record it, I'm leaving him there because I'm not going to record it because I'm going to live in the moment and I'm going to sob. <laughs> so I'm stoked for me without you to be there. They're also my boyfriend's favorite band. He told me when we first started dating that he was playing, um, he's playing the song January 1979, one of their most popular songs. And he goes, he turns it up and then turns it down. And he goes, this is the song I want to die to if I'm ever in a car accident and then turns it back up. I was like, well, I've known you for a week, but that's cool, I guess. <laughs> so <laughs> me, without, me Without You is incredibly special to both of us. And I'm super stoked that they're playing again. And if he makes me leave their set, the song before Haley comes out and does the two songs that she has with them again, again, I'm leaving him on the boat. <laughs> because that was ridiculous seriously so Haley has two songs with me without you on the same record all circles and fox's dream of the log flume which are two of my favorite two of my favorite me without you songs so we're having a grand old time one of the last sets that me without you is going to play my boyfriend gets a little tired he gets, he gets a little tired at nine o'clock at night and he's like oh aaron made it seem like it's going to be the last song so we should go and I was like, it's not going to be the last song because Haley didn't come out yet. And it's the last set that they're playing. So it's going to happen. And he's like, no, no, no. Aaron made it seem like it's going to be the last song. So we're walking to the elevator. And I said, I swear to God, if Haley comes out and I miss it, oh, I'm going to be so mad. And he's like, don't worry about it. On the bus back to my back to the airport, what do I see when I get internet connection? I see videos of Haley coming out to do not one, but both songs with Me Without You. And the video I saw was in my spot that I was in when we decided to leave or when he decided to leave. And I followed because, you know, why not? Because I didn't want to lose him. And it was the song after we left. So he's still dead to me. So, yeah. So that's that's my story about how he's going to be dead to me on four different occasions on Parahoy. <laughs> So throwing him off the boat immediately. I mean, I've threatened to throw my boyfriend off of a boat before, even though we've never been on a boat together. And I've threatened to leave him in the beyond of Bed Bath & Beyond. So I understand the struggle. <laughs> no one ever wants to be in the beyond. The beyond is terrifying. He's a weird one, but he's a great he's one. He's canceled. <laughs> They're all canceled. Men are canceled. <laughs> even the good ones. You know, my boyfriend calls it the great deletion of 2018. He's like, I'm ready to be deleted. <laughs> I said, good. For a noble cause. Yeah, well, before we wrap this up here, Sam, I'm just curious if there is anything in general aside from Parahoy that the fandom or just you yourself are looking forward to from the band. I know it seems like after a band releases an album, everyone's like, okay, what's next now? But we, we've had a little bit of time here since After Laughter came out. So I'm just curious if there's anything you're looking forward to other than the cruise. It's funny that you say that because I'm actually not looking... I'm not, It's not that I'm not looking forward, but I'm not trying to rush anything mm -hmm. because uh, not to sound... Not to sound like a, a wet blanket here, but I really think that After Laughter might be the last thing we get from Paramore. Okay. And it's not because I don't think they don't want to be in the band anymore or anything like that. But, you know, they clearly love this record. Like, Haley likes almost every single tweet she sees about how 
the band how this record has helped people get through stuff and i feel like she's never really done that for any error of paramore and it's funny because that blog that i was talking about somebody took um took a shot at me not not uh without my name but kind of directed it towards me and a couple of my friends that another anonymous message had said about us and they called they called how to they the thing said how to bait Haley slash the band on Twitter to like your um to like your tweet and it's like talking about how Taylor's great say after laughter um helped you through your depression or anxiety or something and I was so upset by it like it re- that was the only thing that I saw that really hurt my feelings and I sat on it for like a day or two and then I decided to tweet about how mad I was about it so I wrote this text post on my phone. And I said, you know, dear anonymous, you know, this is this is what I have to say. And uh, Haley actually liked and responded to it. And she even said she's like, I love that people uh, tell me that this record helped them through terrible times. She's like, this record got me through ter- terrible times. I'm paraphrasing what she said. You guys can see the the reply to her, the reply to me on her Twitter if you really want. But um. She said it before. She says that, you know, this record, she's still going through the stuff that she wrote about. And so is the band. They did an interview with Zane Lau when After Laughter came out. And they talked about that they're still going through some of the stuff that they wrote about. And Haley loves to see that people are getting through a lot of their hard times, so to speak, uh, with this record. So I definitely think that this means a lot to them and I definitely think that this has really been cathartic for them as a band as people you know Zach's back in the band he quit the band in 2010 and this is the most fun I think that they've ever had as a band and everything and I just I it it would be sad to see it end but all good things come to an end and I really don't want a record after after laughter I know that sounds really selfish but I don't want a record after after laughter like if they want to release a couple b-sides or something or just have a song here and there and just continue touring. Like I'm fine with that, but I'm not ready for another album cycle. I don't know if I ever will be, you know, I, I was ready after self-titled because it wasn't a record that resonated with me, but after laughter coming out, I, if they never come out with another record again, I'll, I'll be fine. You know, if the band breaks up, I'll be super sad about it, but at least they ended on a great note. They ended on a note that I connected with and that I'm, proud of you know I'm proud of them individually I'm proud of them as a band I'm proud of myself I'm proud of everybody that's getting over a lot of nonsense and a lot of mental illness and breaking a lot of barriers like I said me myself I would have never been able to do half the things that I've done I wouldn't still have my podcast I wouldn't be here if it wasn't not here like living but on this on your podcast I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for after laughter because I've met a lot of people through the record because we were, you know, I went on the tour. I went on five dates of that tour. I met a lot of people and even Haley, you know, I don't, I don't think that I'm, I'm not delusional. I don't think that she and I are friends or, you know, I'm going to hit her up or, you know, whatever, but she's been super supportive of a lot of things that I've done. Like she shouted out my podcast and that was a really big encouragement. Like here's somebody that I've looked up to and that I felt a connection to and, you know, admired for, you know, almost half my life and here she is praising something that I've done that I wasn't really sure of you know when I started Rebel Hearts I really didn't know what I was doing and I still don't know what I'm doing but when she when she appreciated it and she thanked me for what I was doing 
that that helped me want to keep going and it's not just her and it's not just because she's Halia Paramore but you know she was a huge help and then everybody else that praises or even likes a comment or says that I'm doing a good job like everything helps and it's just she's been such a helpful and supportive person towards everything that I've done at least you know since the podcast you know she's she said thank you to me like three times in the past year and I'm like no you don't have to thank me like thank you for giving me the the courage to do everything that I'm doing because without after laughter you know not not even Haley in general but without this record I don't think that I would be doing any of this stuff and I'm just super grateful for it and that's why I don't want anything else after after laughter like they've done too much with this record we don't deserve anything else at this point like we didn't even deserve after laughter to be honest so I'm just glad that they're still in the band. I'm glad that they made it. And, you know, whatever they want to do after this record, you know, more power to them. And I hope that they continue doing music, even if they don't do Paramore. So that's what I hope for the future for them. And, you know, I don't, like I said, I don't want them to break up. But if they did, you know, at least I know that they ended on a great note. And I, they ended on a really strong note. Well, in that case, I think this is a good note to end this episode on. <laughs> so <laughs> thank you so much, Sam, for coming on to talk about this. We honestly couldn't have picked a better guest for it. And again, to the listeners, 100 episodes into this and we're still doing it. So thank you all for listening and showing some interest in Megan and I sometimes just rambling on about things. <laughs> But you can find us on Twitter at MissalignPod. You can email us, MissalignPod at gmail.com. And if you want to advertise, you can do that as well. We will have an email in the show notes because I'm totally spacing on what it actually is right now. But if you want to sponsor it, we'll have that ready for you in the show notes. So again, thank you all for listening and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day.